0: Here this morning. Take your Bibles, if you would, turn to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter twenty-two. I was talking to a young man this week, and he had gotten a new Bible from his from his mother. His mother doesn't go to church. I don't think it was exciting. And he got through all the you know the forward, the reading, all the different you know verses to read when you're looking for hope or help and all that. He's getting past all that. He goes, "I read all that, but it just didn't spark anything with me." He says. And then I got to Genesis, <laughs> and he says, and you know, I'm just not sure. just doesn't seem the same as what you re- used to read. You know, what, you, know, what, you know, it doesn't seem the same. And I said, well, let's, let's start from the book of Proverbs. And as a teenager, I showed him that just reading the book of Proverbs, one chapter a day, whatever day it is, that's the chapter you read. How many you ever do that before? Amen. Amen. That's "Why wisest thing to do, right? So I do that, and I showed him that. I said, hey, this is 26. You start at 26. He goes, I can do that. I said, you can surely do that. He said, are there any long chapters? So I said, Proverbs is pretty short. <laughs> and I said, when you get done with that, we'll read Psalms 119. So he's just messing with them a little bit. <laughs> just, didn't want to scare him too hard there. But uh, Psalms 22, last week we looked at being anchored in our absolute authority, the Word of God. And of course, last week we looked at three different areas that we find all throughout the Bible that we're told to deal with. Right, our righteousness. You know, and we talked about those three areas. I'm not going to get into it again, but we want to make sure we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us according to the Bible. It is impossible to teach teach that subject in one lesson, and I wasn't trying to last week. It felt like I got done. I feel like I didn't do it justice. But then I feel feel okay with that, because I know Pastor Jacobs would feel the same way after, you know, a thousand years of being in the ministry, that he can tell you he doesn't feel like he's done the Bible justice either, right? Pastor Rice, same thing. And I think anybody who's ever stood behind a pulpit, taught, preached, anything, Sunday school teacher, we never feel that we've ever done the Bible justice. So having said that, I feel good about that, right? But having said that, it's, it's impossible to teach the importance of the authority of the Word of God. My wife's over there. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> but um, for 2,000 years, Christians have been taught how to st- allow the Scriptures to have complete rule of their heart. And as the Holy Spirit works in us and on us. And for 2,000 years, we have seen people under the name of Christians do some crazy, terrible things. Have we not? So having said that, give yourself a break if you messed up this week. Amen? If God can forgive us, guess what? We can forgive us, right? let's, Let's go back and fix it. Let's go back and adjust it and keep God first. If we've succeeded this week, congratulations. It wasn't you. It was Christ that lives in us. Amen. Praise the Lord. I encourage you to constantly let God have his way in your life every day as you read, study, and meditate, and even, you know, even memorize the scripture. Today, I want to look at the understanding, on the, pa- the understanding, the importance of passing on of truth, and that is the importance of our name. If you think of the word anchored, A-N-C-H-O-R-E-D, right? So the second one is N, and it stands for our name. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 1, we'll read it, and we'll ask the Lord to help us out here. That might be the Lord calling. Just say yes. All right, Proverbs 22, verse 1, the Bible says this, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. Thank you for the privilege and opportunity and great responsibility it is, Lord, to open your word and to teach. I pray, Lord, you'd help me to do so. I pray you'd speak through me. I pray you'd give me the words to say. Help me to speak um, accurately, the things that have been prepared, I pray, Lord, that you would um, give us ears to hear and a willing heart to do as your word teaches. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There's an important understanding that God gives us truth not to hoard. Have you ever met somebody who has a garage full of just stuff? Stop looking at me, but we have a garage full of just stuff. And we call them collectors, extreme collectors. And there's some people that just have their garage or their house full of things. And they just have a collection of things. There's some people, they have a collection of knowledge. And they go on trivia shows and they make, make millions of dollars. But we have been given, if you've been in church at any length of time, you have such spiritual knowledge in your life. And you have so much truth. But what do you do with that Truth. You've taken it, you've absorbed it, you've listened to it, you've learned from it, you've memorized it, you've meditated on it, you've even applied it to your personal life. But then what? The importance that we have is to take that and to use it, to pass it on. The Bible tells about that several times. In fact, it's part of the Great Commission, is to go into all the world, to teach all nations, baptizing them, right? And then What? teach them to observe all things so it's important to pass on truth so it's important to pass on truth and so proverbs chapter 22 we're going to look at some things quickly we look at number one the worth of a name the worth of a name a name is given by the way the bible says a a, name, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches a name a plain name a name that you were given it was a name given at birth right you didn't get to choose your name I didn't get to choose the name Delello. Believe me, I would have changed it if I could. I did not get to choose the name Delello. My wife, a glutton for punishment, chose the name Delello when she married me. But then she was a boil, so I could understand why she wanted to get rid of that sewer name. But... um. But a name is chosen. I mean, a name is given. There, the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is the only name we're saved by is through Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for that? The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we know that. So a good name, though, so we see the worth of a name, that a name is chosen, a name is given, but a good name, that a good name is chosen a good name is you may have been given a name and that's given but a good name is chosen it's something that you choose to have a good name is chosen a good name is something that you want to have a good name is a name is something you want to make of you know if i said the name sam, sam walton used to be a good name, <laughs> a good name now it's like oh <laughs> we got two box marts here at Sam's Club and Walmart. And all the ladies say, amen. All the guys say, oh, me. You know, you know it used to be, hey, we could say, you know, it used to be Target was a safe alternative to Walmart. Well, they've chosen a bad name for themselves. Target missed the mark. Anyways, um, a good name is characterized by things sought after, what you seek after. No one wakes up in the morning and says, ah, I think I'll be the next Judas Iscariot. I'll think I'll be the next Tim Delello. <laughs> Wait a second. No, no person starts off over to make a good name for themselves, you know, to make a bad name for themselves. No one sets out to be the next bad person. But they start making bad choices and making unchecked choices and unrepented choices that make them go down this bad path. A good name is compared to not only wealth, but also to lasting value. It's not just about wealth, but lasting value, great riches. Things that will last forever. Having a good name. Having a good reputation. A good name is compared. You know, I, can, I mean, I have two pennies to rub together. Thank God I have that. But I'm, if I don't have two pennies to rub together, if I still have a good character, a good name, a good reputation... That's better than having all the wealth in the world, is it not? Amen. Having a good reputation, having that good name, and I'm talking about having your last name. I mean, could it could be out you're having the longest 18-letter last name there is. It's not talking about that. It's talking about the reputation that you have, the reputation that you're known by. That's better than than riches. That's better than all the all the all the wealth that's, that's out there. Number two, we're going to look at the work of the name. We talked about the Jesus's name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, we have salvation. But at the name of Jesus, we have answered prayer. Amen. Answered prayer. We have the authority through Jesus's name. When we say in Jesus' name, it isn't a hocus pocus phrase at the end of our prayer. Ever go out door knocking and telling people about the Lord or on the people, meeting people on the street or at people's houses or whatever you may be and you're trying to talk to them and you get to the part where they can receive Christ and you want to lead them through the sinner's prayer and you mess up the sinner's prayer and you're like, oh no, what do I do? And they're trying to repeat the prayer but they're not sure exactly what to say. I say this phrase all the time. I say, and Brother Josh has been a weak when I do it. And I'm like... If you mess up the phrase, it's not going to turn you into a toad. It's okay. It's not a magic potion, it's a magic formula. It's literally the prayer from your heart. So even if you don't see the words that I'm saying, it's the prayer from your heart that really saves you. Amen. And it's like the guy's like, oh, okay, 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 okay. And then I will go into some Latin, but I thought I thought I said like, wait, wait, just to mess him up, just you know, just to bring you know, because I, I'm a humorous kind of guy. But at the name of Jesus, we have answered prayer. It's His, through His name, through His authority, we have answered prayer. It isn't a formal benediction, sincerely, truly yours in Christian service for the king. It's not, it's, it's you know, it's what the, the bened- in Jesus' name is not a benediction. It's literally a requisition form. I requisition this request by the authority of Jesus Christ's name. That's what prayer is. If you ask anything in my name, you'll have it. John 15. Let's go there real quick. John 15. We're going to use our Bibles this morning. Sorry, Brother Tannis. Brother Tannis said he went purposely went and listened to last week's lesson. I said he's a glutton for punishment. (laughs) I didn't want to listen to last week's lesson. What was wrong with this guy? But I made a joke last week about my wife that I thought for sure you would like... I said, well, Brother Tannis gets away with it. Like (laughs) anyways, John 15, verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Don't let Calvinists mess you up on that verse. Jesus is talking about the disciples for service. It's not talking about salvation in this passage. It's talking about service. Out of all the people that followed Christ, there was more than 12 that followed Jesus. There was 12, there was 70, there was more than that that followed Jesus. There was 5,000 that were fed at one time, then 4,000 that were fed. There were 2,000 people that were were added to the church, 3,000, 5,000, all throughout the early part of Acts. There was more than just what we see, that when we just talked about the followers of Jesus, it wasn't 12 people that followed and that's all there was. There was multitudes that flocked to him, that thronged to him. But there were 12 that he called to be leaders. And one of them turned out to be a devil. There's hope for Preston. But um, John 15, verse 16, it says here, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. If you ask in my name, that's the requisition form. That's the requisition. And John 16, verse 23 and 24, he says the same thing. Whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, I'll give it you. Whatsoever you ask, you ask it in my name. There was a guy back in New York, I, you know, he, he was, it's a long story how I met the guy, but he, he came to the church in New York. Great guy. I love the guy. He was just a b- blessing. And um, but he would always say his at the end of his prayer in Jesus name, Amen. If you didn't say in Jesus name, if you if someone prayed in the church and didn't say in Jesus name and said in your name, Amen, he would say in Jesus name, Amen. He would it's so important to say in Jesus name because in his mind you had to say in Jesus name or when it wouldn't come true. And I'm like, well, you didn't stomp your foot and spit three times and throw throw salt over the left shoulder either. So let's make sure we get it right in the right format, you know. But it was like, but it's not. It's a it's a requisition form. So if I want something done, hey, I know Pastor Rice. If he gives me, he says, hey, I want you to go down to such and such and say, hey, it's the name of Anchor Baptist Church. I'm giving you authorization in my name as the pastor of Anchor Baptist Church. Go down there. I'm giving you authority to go down there and rank, requisition this and charge it to the church account. I can go down there and say, Pastor Rice told me to come down, and in Pastor Rice's name, I'm getting such and such. And then I walk with a brand new Lamborghini. That's <laughs> totally awesome. Amen? um, <laughs> <Bam. laughs> Anyways, I love, it says in John 16, verse 23 and 24, I love how it says, Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name. I love there that Jesus didn't wait and say, well... When the church comes around, when the dispensation comes around, and you get saved, baptized, and I resurrect from the dead, and all when that come, time comes around, and salvation is by through my blood alone, and not salvation has always been by faith. And he says, you ask the Father, like our Father, the, the Father, not my Father, but the Father. Collectively, the Father. Isn't that great encouragement, even from the Gospels right there? I thank God for that. I love that Jesus doesn't say just my father excluding him, but he says the father as the brethren, as we're already children of God. He was giving this people the passcodes, the secret sauce, as it were, to help them accomplish things on earth. See, Jesus was soon facing the cross and was putting his affairs in order. And he was letting them know where things were. I remember a couple years. A couple. I was good a couple years ago. A couple years ago, I was having surgery. and it was like I was not doing good, and I was going to have surgery. And the nurses like they said, "Hey, you need to have any, Put your affairs in order." I'm like, "I don't have any affairs. I'm married, bless God." And they said, "Well, you need to have is get your get your things put in order." I said, "Okay." And I remember telling my wife, I said, honey, I need you to listen very carefully. She said, okay. I'm like being so sincere, so like serious, you know, I'm like not doing good at all. I'm like, I'm fixing to go in the surgery. She goes, okay. I said, I need to let you know all the passcodes to the bank. I need to let you know about all the accounts. I need to, she goes, okay. And then she goes, can you just type it out? I said, no, I need, I need to tell you. And so she's okay. And she's writing it down. I said, okay, now very importantly, they just gave me some medicine. You got to listen quick. She goes, okay. I said, I have a secret bank account you don't know about. She's like, "What? I have a secret bank account you don't know about. The routing number is this, the bank account number is this, and the passcode is." <laughs> and uh, yeah, she didn't find that funny. <laughs> but as Jesus was getting ready, you know, he knew he going to face the cross. He was getting things in order. A wise person gets their things in order. But that's why we as Christians are wise not to put wait until we're on our deathbed to put things in order. The Bible says that we have things going ahead of us. That's why we have treasures for us in heaven. That's why we lay treasures in heaven and not on this earth where we're rust and moth and thieves. You know, I butchered a verse, but you understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> Thank God for wisdom. So through that name, we have power. It, through Christ's name, it, through the worth of Christ's name, through the work of Christ's name, Um, We have accessible power. In 1 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through 4, we have authority in the church. The church has the authority to discipline the wayward. The church has the authority to say, hey, you're not living right. Well, who died and made you boss? You're not going to believe it. (laughs) His name is Jesus. (laughs) To him be glory in the church. All power is given unto me. Go ye therefore. He gives us the authority in the church. He gives the pastor. Let's make this perfectly clear. He gives the pastor the authority to carry out the needs of the church. Amen. I'm going to say it one more time. The pastor is the leader of the church. The pastor makes the decisions for the church. The pastor is also wise that he'll ask advice of the deacons. He'll ask advice or counsel of the church members. He'll get the pulse of the people. And not because he wants to be a people pleaser, because it's wise to seek counsel. Thank God for a wise leadership in a church. But at the name of Jesus, the pastor the church has authority in the has a, the, the, the pastor's authority in the church to discipline that wearing, that, wearing, that wandering one. In Second Thessalonians, we have the authority to avoid wrong wayward Christians. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse six. If they're not going the right way, they aren't to be fellowshiped with. Have you ever tried being in a canoe? with somebody paddling the wrong direction as you Do you know what happens if you go in a wrong if you have someone paddling the wrong direction as you Do you know where you go? Circles. Do you know what we see in Christianity today? A bunch of churches going in circles. Do you know why? Can't get anything done. Do you know what you see in the government right now? Circles. Well, let's, let's raise the debt ceiling. Let's lower the debt ceiling. Let's, let's, just, let's just go in circles. Do-si-do. Here we go. Let's, let's stop spending stupidly and let's live. Let's, let, let's stop letting the government rule our lives and let's let ourselves live the life we're supposed to live and by the Constitution and keep the government out of our business and live by the Bible. That's what America was founded on. Second Thessalonians, that wasn't too political, was it? Okay. Second, Second Timothy chapter 2, the Bible says to abstain, to abstain from chains, from iniquity. Let them that name, that name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We have the authority to say no to, it, to, to, uh, to those chains of addictions, to those vices, to those worldly lusts, to the carnalities. We can abstain from that. Through Christ's name, we have victory. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We have that authority through Christ's name the name of jesus will have apostates and critics or i like to call it well you know i'm trying to keep it i'm trying to keep it alliterated that we have you know apostates but we have knockoffs imposters they are in it for their name. They're in it for their own agenda. They preach Christ out of contention, Philippians chapter 1. They are false prophets, 2 Peter chapter 2. Christ said to beware of those, Matthew chapter 23, of those that claim to be Christ, Matthew 24, that are antichrists Christ, that will be revealed. He says, watch out for those people. Be not deceived, God says. They desire absolute power. Absolute power absolutely corrupts. We know that the authority we have is subjective to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Antichrist comes up. He's going to try having absolute power that bypasses the Lord Jesus Christ, that bypasses Scripture, that sets himself as equal with God. That's how you know that's the Antichrist. He's going to set himself and bypass the authority that God has given. There will be those that follow Christ just as the mixed multitude that came out of Egypt. Egypt. There's going to be those that fall aside just as those who came only for the bread and fish. There will be some that stick around and even become pastors, missionaries, deacons, or fill in Sunday school. Wait, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. No. There are going to be some people that come in and take positions in the church and come in and assume that they're, hey, that they're ministers of righteousness, but they're really just transformed angels of light. And what are they? They're just imposters. And the Bible says, watch them, mark them and avoid them. Don't follow after them. Why? Because they bypass the chain of authority. They bypass the authority that God gives. They want their own authority. They want want to bypass the authority that comes from God. Again, do you realize the the power that God has is governed by what? The word of God. But yet the power that they want to have bypasses the word of God. and They don't live by the word of God. So it's the absolute authority. Amen. Where they're not anchored. Look at this last one. There's a witness of the name. We looked at the worth of the name. We looked at the work of the name. Now we're going to look at the witness of a name. Here's the application. Here's how we can get anchored. Go to Proverbs 22, our text verse, or our jumping verse, I should say, our jumping verse. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Keep your place here. Flip over, if you would, to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. He says basically the same thing, but differently. A good name is better than precious ointment in the day of death than the day of one's birth. I always thought this, and boy, I said, Solomon, ease up on the Gloom, doom and gloom, brother. I mean, seriously, how you doing? Oh, doing terrible things. No, I'm making seriously. But, but what he's saying, and I, I, it took me a while to understand, Solomon was not in the depths of despair. He's looking back through wisdom. He's looking back at a life of mistakes and a life, a life of victory. And he's looking back at his life and saying, you know what? A life full of potential has nothing on a life that's been lived For the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what that verse is saying. That's what the last part of that verse is saying. A good name is rather to be chosen, is sorry, a good name is better than precious ointment. Well, that's great, but what is a good name? It's a life that's been lived. It's a life that's been tested and tried and proven and people see the value in that precious ointment. They see the value in that reputation. They see the value in the life that was lived. And it's better than the person who has so much potential but has no idea how to live it. Here's where the rubber meets the road. We have experience. We collectively, and I should say is you, have so much experience beyond... I was talking to Brother Tennis about this and I'm like... I'm teaching Sunday school to people that can teach me. And I'm humbled by it. And I'm like I'm so used to being the guy that has the answers. I'm so used to being the guy that that has you know that has the example. I'm so used to being the guy that has all the, that does everything. And now I'm at a church where I'm not doing everything. I'm at a church where there's young people that do the that are doing the work. And I get to sit back, and I'm not watching, but I get to sit back and I'm like, I have to sit back. And I'm like, where is my place? Brother Tannis and I were talking about this. What is my place? Where do I fit in? I'm so used to being a doer and I'm still doing the word, I'm still serving where I can serve, I'm busy just as much as ever before, but I don't feel like I'm doing, doing like I'm supposed to do. And then we sit there talking to ourselves over it. We realize we're not supposed to be doing, we're supposed to be teaching. We're supposed to be equipping and enabling the young guys coming up, the young people coming up, to serve. And the Bible says, whose faith follow? So I'm supposed to be learning from you and your faith and watching you and your reputation. And I get to sit back and watch how you lived your Christian life and how you're living your Christian life. And the testimony that you are living for me, the leaving for me. I get to sit back and for the first couple months, I didn't quite understand the people that met me on Sunday mornings at the door. I thought they were grumpy. They didn't say two words. And then I just got to realize they're just guys serving the Lord. They're not grumpy. They're just shy. They don't say much. They don't have to say much. Their job is to open the door. And then I got to know Brother Harold. That guy is me. That guy is fun. That ladies meeting was fun. Brother Harold is a cut up. That guy is hilarious. That guy has got a personality. And this is one of the guys, this is one of y'all, getting to know you and getting to know, and brother, you know, Brother Hanby, getting to know Brother Hanby. The quiet assassin. Because every time I go and talk to him, he gives some little truth bomb. And wrecks my whole line of thinking. But there's people that God puts in our life for that purpose. And what potential. Is, is irrelevant compared to the life that's been lived for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll take old and reliable than powdered keg any day. Any day. Any day. A good name is resourceful. It's more than the wealth and resources. It's resourceful. A good name is it's, you know you can go to that person, and that reputation, and they're going to have it. There's a oh, there's a guy in my church back in New York. He'd always say, when I first got married, my wife would come to me, and she'd say, Evan, I got such and such problem. And boy, he'd go to his toolbox and I've got it right here. She's, you're not listening. He's like, but I'm solving your problem. He's, I've got the problem right here. I got, I can fix it. And she's like, no, you're not listening. And finally, he's like, I don't get it. He went to her dad. To his father-in-law and he says i don't understand it what am i doing wrong he goes what is she saying she's coming to me with a problem okay and i'm going to my inventory i can fix this and he goes okay and what is she saying that i'm not listening he's like okay i can help you with this he goes great what do i do he goes you're not listening <laughs> he's like but but he's like you're not listening you're not supposed to fix it she's not coming to you to fix it she's not complaining she just wants you to talk. She just wants to talk to you. She wants to com- communicate with you. She wants companionship. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. So Evan goes back and sits down with his wife and just talks. And meanwhile, he's putting a list in his head. He's not really pa- actively listening, and he's putting a list in his head of all the things, da 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 And she's frustrated again. He goes back, I listened. He goes, no, you heard, but you didn't listen. Oh, okay, okay. He says, go back and listen again, right? And then he finally learned, but he went back to his father-in-law and learned and learned and learned from someone who raised that daughter and learned from him that you've got to listen and not fix it, but listen. Fast forward to last night. I'm tired. (laughs) I'm checked out. I'm ready to go to bed. My wife starts talking and it was about blah, blah, blah. And I just looked at her and I'm like, okay. I'm like, you need me to scratch your back? She goes, No, I want you to talk to me. I'm like, okay, check. Communicate. Got this. I'm tired. It's dark. Paying attention to what she's got to say. One eye open, one eye closed. She said. And I didn't say anything. I didn't. She just unloads. You guys, don't pretend you don't know what I'm talking about. And at the end, she goes, do you know what I mean? I'm like, I totally understand. Am I right? I said, I think you're right. I love you, honey. I love you, too. All right, I'm going to go call my sister because your sister's in California. And I know that's code for I'm not coming to bed for three hours. I'm like, okay, honey, I love you. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> and I fixed the problem. But what I did is I learned from experience from someone else's mistakes down the way. What I learned is a good name is resourceful. I learned that a good name is renowned. It's re- it's, a good name is renowned. If I say, the na- if I say a name, it's going to come to your head as being really good or really bad. Right? Because it's a good name. It's a reputation. Well, how did that happen? Well, they they developed that over the years. They chose that line of living. Every decision they made came with that responsibility. Every decision they made came with the understanding that, if I continued down this line of thought uncorrected, by the way, if you go without correction, ever, you're not listening. Right. But I'm pretty sure if if you've never been if you've never if you've lived your life, entire life never been corrected you've never been married, but um, so, but if you go your whole entire life and you don't ever get that 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 sharpening iron sharpens iron if you don't have anybody in your life telling you you're doing something wrong find some better friends. Amen. Amen. I went to church one time with a great big booger hanging out of my nose and no one told me a thing. That was not cool, but um, a good name is renewed. It's reviewed upon. It's refining. A good name is rooted. It's rooted. It's passed on. A good name is rooted and it grows into something. It comes into fruitfulness, and other people can come to that good name and grow from it. It's fruit. Questions for you. These are rhetorical. How are you known? Do people know you because of your occupation, because of your appearance? We should, strive to be known, we should strive to be known as more than what goes on a tombstone. Number two, what lasting name do you want to pass on to your children, to your grandchildren? What legacy do you want to have, number three? What legacy do you want to have? What is your namesake? What is your namesake? Your money and your possessions should not be the only thing you pass on to your children's children. You know, God can change your name. God can change your reputation. God took Jacob, the supplanter, turned into Israel, triumphant with God. God took took, um, Saul's name, which was big one or proud, arrogant, and humbled him to Paul, little one right? Someone that was used greatly by the things of God, by, by the Lord to do great things for God. What name are we leaving for a namesake? Psalm 16 6. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. The word inheritance is mentioned 203 times in Scripture. Proverbs thirteen twenty two, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. It isn't about money or houses. It's not about riches. It's about richness, not riches. Don't care how much is in your money. Don't care what is in your bank. We see rich spoiled brats doing all kinds of stuff. Don't waste your inheritance. So Proverbs nineteen fourteen. Honor and riches are the inheritance of fathers. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us we're enjoined to the inheritance of the saints through Christ Jesus. The Bible says we have an inheritance in 1 Peter 1. We have an inheritance incorruptible undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved for us in heaven for you. Aren't you glad heaven is not in our inheritance? That's where our inheritance is held. The streets of gold, not our inheritance. The walls of Jasper, not our inheritance. I don't know what our inheritance is, but it's ours, and it's reserved and all that. Woo. I think it's to be with Jesus, to be Christ-like, having a good name. What, names are you, uh, what namesake are you leaving behind for Anchor? For Anchor Baptists? What is your inheritance to Anchor Baptists? I'm not talking about putting your name in a songbook in dedication to, on the front of a songbook. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about a, a plaque on a pew. I'm not talking about having the fellowship hall named in your honor. That would be my luck. This fellowship hall eating area is named after Tim DeLa.) <laughs> What are you leaving behind at Anchor Baptist? When God takes you out or when God, when God moves you away, I may not be here, be here forever. Brother Tannis may not be here forever, but um, you know God is calling him to be a pastor. God has him being a pastor. We don't know how long he's going to be here. It may not be forever. But what legacy are we leaving behind? Are we communicating truth? Are we strengthening the brethren? Are we fortifying the faith of those that come behind us? Are we leaving them something? There's a song that says, Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footsteps that we leave lead them to believe. And the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Faith of our fathers living still. In spite of danger, fire, and flood. Oh, what inheritance we received from those in the Bible. Throughout the ages and even today. What inheritance are we leaving behind to those coming up at anchor? What is your name let's pray pastor heavenly father i pray you'd bless this time of invitation i pray you bless this time of of uh, not invitation lord but application help us lord to be people who people who apply this message and act upon it and have your will and way in jesus name i pray amen as we stand to our feet our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed Great question. Great lesson. What are we leaving behind? What's our legacy? What's our name? A good name is rather to be chosen. We need to have a great name. As the piano begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. It really goes right along with Memorial Day as we think about those who have fallen before us. And in all essence, as died as heroes preserving our liberty, may we finish the course faithfully, serving the Lord, leaving behind a name, a testimony.